0: The only thing we have to fear is, fear itself. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And we're back. We are back for another episode of Whiskey Beer and Conspiracy Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Big Country, as always. Uh, joining us for our guest tonight is the Mad Hatter making his second appearance on this show. Uh, brother, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, man. I'm glad to be here. Appreciate the opportunity to be heard by some new ears, man. And I have to say, dude, the Derek Lewis cut from that intro gets me every time. One of the greatest post-fight interviews of all time.
0: Of all time, dude. <laughs> of all time. It would be a, a unilateral wet dream, I think, of all three hosts if we could ever get him on the show.
1: <laughs> well, you're, you're, Where are you from?
0: Uh, I'm from Cali, but I live in I live in Kansas.
1: Okay, okay. But still, I mean, hell of a lot closer to Derek Lewis than I am.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, so, uh, you know, you never know what could happen with the show. We've we've interviewed a lot of people that we never thought we would. So
1: best Instagram uh, in the game, that guy.
0: Oh has. yeah, he's okay. Everything, he's okay. <laughs>
1: yeah, that shot of <laughs> Curtis Blades with his thumb up after he got knocked out cold was my hands down my favorite post he's ever done.
0: Yeah, dude. Uh, it was kind of surprising to see him get knocked out his last fight. Um, but dude. you got to think those two are they're two mammoths just throwing literal nukes from fists at each other
1: and it was two right mm-hmm. dude two can bang man. yeah and that's what he's there for he's not there to win he's there to bang dude and he, yeah. and he and he says it and i remember in that pre-fight interview they were talking about it and he's like derek Liz is like yeah i'm here to knock him out and he's like that's what i'm here for too baby let's sling some leather you know like yeah he's- to get in there and throw bombs and if yeah. you get in front of one of those you're gonna go to sleep dude it's yeah. it's that simple i think two will be a champion i really do. i
0: think so too yeah uh, well you know and and uh if i if i remember correctly in that fight lewis had him rocked right before he caught that that
1: kind of weird times. Uh, so el- did greg el- hardy one. you know yeah. um i think didn't he fight Rosenstroke no uh-huh. he fought uh uh sakai mm. Um, Sakai, Sakai yeah. had him rocked, and that's that's the thing. Like, who else might have a chance of taking a, a, a like a, a power punch from Francis Ngannou if not tied to Ivasa?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: I mean, I don't know that a human can do that. You know, getting hit by a Ford Escort in the face is um, a lot, but <laughs> if, if anybody can do it, to Avassa can, and then he'll drink a beer out of a shoe afterwards.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, what actually sparked us to do. That uh clip, that post fight interview clip for our intro, we were all watching the fight that one night. Oh God, I forget who he was fighting, and he had like thirty seconds left in the fight, and he was gonna lose. And even Volkov. Joe was like, "Was a Volkov?" Yeah, and he goes, Volkov. "If Got he his does ass not
1: for four and a half rounds, yeah." He goes,
0: "If he doesn't knock him out, he's going to lose his fight." And then he just lays him out, and we all were freaking out, jumped off the couch and stuff. So that yeah. was the inspiration for that because I think we that was the. Sure.
1: We weren't sure then that Derek Lewis had knockout power in the fifth round. He'd never Mm -hmm. been that deep and hurt somebody that way, but boy, he put him to sleep. He fed him one and Volkov went down and he fed him another one on the ground and it was just like, okay, enough, make it stop.
0: Yeah, right, right. Make it stop. It's crazy, man. So yeah, man, I wanted to have you on the show and I wanted to talk to you about um, some, a little bit of a world that you're involved in and how you kind of, came to be with it with the straw man and the UCC and all that and, and how experienced you are with that and and maybe shed some light on that and then teach some of our listeners about this process. So, so how do you want to start with that?
1: Um, well, we can start by kind of what, what that is and what that means I think would be a good way to approach that. Yeah. Um, For anybody who might not know, I want to start also by saying that this isn't something that I talk about very often anymore because, um, To really understand this and to ever even try to do anything with this information, the investment of time and energy is almost immeasurable. It's like going to law school on your own,
0: right? And
1: so if someone is not dedicated to this wholeheartedly and ready to invest a lot of time and a lot of frustration and a lot of energy into it, then they may as well not even approach it. It's cool to read about. It's cool to understand. But like, if you're not ready to really invest in this, then there's nothing there for you. And what ends up happening is every time I talk about this on a podcast, my inbox just overflows. (laughs) Right. And it's people that didn't listen to the rest of the podcast. Right. Didn't, Didn't listen to the whole podcast. If I cite resources, they obviously didn't read the resources. Right. And, and it's like, it's hard for me to invest time in trying to explain something to someone when they didn't even explore the resources that were cited or listen to the hour-long podcast that where we were talking about and asking questions that were answered in the podcast. You know what correct, I mean?
0: Correct, correct. I think that's plaguing society as a whole. It doesn't even matter what t- topic you're talking about. People right. go, we'll read a headline and be like, and share it and be like, well, did you even read the article? Or, or did well, you even, you know?
1: Right, and it, it's just like, that's a big red flag for me. Uh, as far as, like, really investing more time in that. You see what I'm saying? It's like, if you're not dedicated enough to explore the resources that I cited or listen to the whole podcast, then, like, me explaining all of this to you and telling you where to find information is not going to go anywhere anyways. And I don't like to ignore people, and I don't like to be like, dude, that information's in the podcast, because then I feel like an asshole. Um, But it's, like, it's one of those things where, like, if and it's okay to just be surface and in, interested on the surface level. There's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to just be curious about like what this is or what this means, which is what we're going to get into in, in, in just a second. Um, but like, I just like to, I, I feel like I need to leave this disclaimer that just like, this is a huge investment of your time. Right. right. And if you half ass this, you're going to end up in jail or you're going to end up, you, you know, th- th- this can blow up really hard if you, if you don't approach it the right way. And like, correct. just to let everybody know, right. I have, the right to ignore a police officer, right? Mm-hmm. I have that right. Okay. Does that mean that if I get pulled over, I'm going to do the sovereign citizen shit and I'm going to argue with a police officer who, who isn't educated on this matter, right? Most
0: are, not. Most are not. And make
1: a big stink on the side of the freeway. No, I'm not. Okay. I'm going to take the $100 ticket. I'm going to tell them to have a good day and I'm probably going to pay the $100 ticket because it's not worth my time, right? This this $100 or $105 speeding ticket or whatever, you know, whatever this ends up having to be. It's easier for me to just pay it and forget about it than it is to go and fight it in court and establish that I'm alive and argue with the judge and every you see what I'm saying? Right. And so there's a line, right, where you have to decide like what is worth the amount of energy that's, it's all about energetic exchange, whether it's your job or whether it's your relationship or anything like that is what comes first is making sure that there is a balanced and efficient energetic exchange, a hundred dollars. I can part with a lot easier than even going to court one time, right? Even taking a day off work, it's cheaper for me to just pay the hundred dollars, right? It's right. cheaper for me to pay the hundred dollars than it is to sit on the side of the road and argue with the cop for two hours, you know? Right. And so keeping in mind, like, what this is and what this is about, because if you're just doing this to be able to argue, you're going to get yourself in trouble. Right. Like, it, it's it's not going to go well for you. And so right. for me, this was about exploring s- sovereignty. Right. And and what that word really meant to me. Mm-hmm. And um, this actually started for me kind of from a place of spirituality. Right. Um, I was raised very, very religious. Okay. And I was in trouble all the time <clears throat> because I would ask questions, right? And that was not okay in my sect of of religion. I was I was my family was very, very Christian on one side. My stepdad was very Mormon. So I was supposed to be Christian sometimes and Mormon other sides or other times. And I wasn't allowed to question either one of those things, right? And then I learned about this word dogma, right? Mm. Like these are just things that are right? And they are because they are. And if you question them, you're going to burn in hell for all of it. You see what I'm saying? Like, I spent <laughs> yeah. my life thinking I was going to get smited for even thinking these questions. Um, and it got to a point where I decided that that wasn't acceptable for me, right? And so this started with, with spiritual sovereignty, right? And, and my right as a, as a being, as a sovereign being to understand uh, the, the spirituality that I had decided to engage in right and this this word kept coming up sovereignty 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 and i had heard about the movement and all this shit and like my cousin's been off grid since 1994 growing weed with all these people who burned their ids in the late 90s it was a very popular thing for a little while right um it was never interesting to me and then i started thinking about you know, my, my physical sovereignty and, uh, my energetic sovereignty, right. And all these different forms of sovereignty and, and kind of learning about alchemy Mm -hmm. and how that can be applied to all these different directions of your life or all these different areas of your life, because really, truly you taking anything and changing it from its original state or its current state is alchemy, right. And, and developing a method and refining that method and learning how to alchemize your emotions and, and, and your occupation, and your intention and your spirituality, right? Like this made me realize that these words could be applied to all these different aspects of my experience. And so I started looking at these different ways that my sovereignty was being violated right and this is at a time where you have no medical sovereignty right or very little you're having to choose between an occupation that probably in itself is an uneven or unbalanced energetic exchange right and your and your your medical freedom or the freedom and sovereignty to be able to breathe oxygen right Mm -hmm. and and we're kind of getting away from that now but uh this was a very real part of people's reality. And kind of like we talked about before we we started, it was like, I got to a point where I was like, I'm just going to do me, right? Like what I think is right. And a quote that really rang true to me was like, you can live to look righteous or you can live to be righteous, but you can't have both. Right. right? You can't. Right. And I had spent my whole life trying to fit inside these boxes of societal norms or like what my parents had taught me was right or what I was taught was right at school or what my government taught me was right. And her oh. teaches that like there's no such thing as right or wrong. These are just varying degrees of the same thing. And anybody, before they get up in arms about that, at what temperature does hot water become cold? Right. right. If you climb out of 60 degree water and you get into 80 degree water, it's going to feel warm as hell. If you climb out of hundred degree water and you climb into that eight degree water, it's going to feel cold, right? So, is the water changing, or are you changing, or is the water just water? And the variable right. is how you're perceiving that water, right?
0: And is water wet, baby? That goes down a whole <laughs> rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And so, like for me, it, it just clicked, and it was like, okay, so I can. There's two things in this experience that matter. There is your intention right? The intention associated with any action and the way that that action is perceived, right? I can control my intention, right? But I can't control the way that that intention is going to be perceived, right? I can change my action and move away from my intention to try to dictate the way that that's going to be perceived. But now that's not my intention anymore. You see what I'm saying? Right,
0: right. Yeah. So
1: optics went out the window, I decided I'm going to be me, I'm going to do me unapologetically, Right. And that's the way that I'm going to live my entire life. Okay, And then it dawned on me, like, why do I have to pay taxes? Why do I need a a permission slip to cross an invisible line that I didn't establish based on where I was born? Mm -hmm. Right. I didn't choose to be born here. I didn't ask to be in this club. Right. And now somebody can be like, well, you know, that money that you're making right now. like, Yeah. Well, I'm going to take 30 percent of that. Right. And because Oregon's got 30 percent income tax, like straight off the top, everything you make the government's getting 30 percent and then you pay federal and everything else. It's like it's it's in it's gangster shit. You know what I mean? And well, why? Right. Well, because you were born here. Okay. well, I didn't choose to be born here. And if I if I don't have the right to not be a part of a club, I don't have the right to leave if I want to without a permission slip. Right. If I violate any of these rules that were given to me based on where I was born, I lose my physical freedom. Right. I'm going to go to jail. Is that freedom? Right. Is that because I was taught my whole life that this is the land of the free. Right. And I believed that I really did. Right. And I love this is not me saying that I don't love America. I love America. Right. The land right? I'm not about the corporation. That's not what I'm here for. I'm native. That's a very big part of my heritage. I'm very in tune with those, those, those roots. And I love this land and what, will always love this land.
0: What, what tribe do you know? What tribe? You're Blackfoot and with? Cherokee. Blackfoot and Cherokee. So my wife has, uh, roots with the nip, nipissing nipissing tribe. Yeah. I guess they're, they're first nation. They're from Canada. Uh,
1: Yeah. Um, the Blackfoot part of me comes from the Montana area. Um, Cherokee, a lot of that family came from, uh, down Louisiana, which I didn't even know they were over there. Uh Um, but Cherokee nation is, is gigantic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know a whole lot about that Leg of my heritage, it's hard to find. I've got an uncle who digs really hard into that, but I've kind of got some theories about the DNA tests and family tree shit and all that. Yeah,
0: shit. yeah, my you know, it's funny you brought that up. My brother asked, um, probably a few weeks ago, and he's like, Hey man, have you ever done did, did any uh and DNA ancestral tests? And I was like, Nah, dude, I, I don't mess with that because I got my own theories on that. And then it yeah. was like two days after that that I think that BlackRock bought yeah uh, ancestry i think it was ancestry or one of the one, one of them anyways and i sent it to my brother and i was like see man i don't fuck with that stuff dude
1: I saw that stuff, and I was talking to my girlfriend about that, and she's like, "I wonder if I can revoke like <laughs> my consent." <laughs> from that.
0: Yeah, can try. I have my DNA back, please?
1: I can try, but nobody's getting my DNA, dude. That's one real common theme in esoteric teachings, and, and 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 many forms of spirituality is like this DNA that we carry is sacred, whether it's your blood or you know, you see what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm not given that to anybody. I think there's a big uh, a part of that in like like you know why is porn free? Yeah, it's a very sacred part of us that we're taught to just kind of toss all over the place. Yeah. Not to mention, like, if you retain for one week, your testosterone levels go up 400%. It's crazy, dude. We've got everybody's got low testosterone in America because of the foods that we eat and everything else. And it's like, all you got to do is stop tossing your shit all over the place. And you don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. but
0: Avoid punching the clown for one week, guys. That's what we're saying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
1: you know, but that doesn't fit the narrative. You know what right. I mean? You have all these testosterone-fueled men who are willing to stand up for themselves, and you got a problem. as right. far As government is concerned. Yeah. Um, and speaking of the government, like I didn't realize I had noticed when I got mail from certain people that my name was in all capital letters. Right, I I had noticed that, but I never really dug into into what that was or what that meant. And uh, so I started I started researching etymology, right, which is like the science of words and what these words mean and where they come from. And started exploring. I I started realizing like a lot of the the birthing terms were very similar to like sailing terms, nautical terms. Right. Notice the correlation there. And then notice that those roots had the same, that those words had the same roots throughout history in our language. Um, and then started exploring uh, citizenship, right? And what my citizenship meant. And it, it, you've got two words you've got citizen and you've got ship, right? And come to find out that is a, a, a directly what that means. Your United States citizenship means you are a citizen of their ship. Okay, so what ship am I a citizen of, right? Well, that ship is the District of Columbia, which Mm -hmm. is a sovereign land that is not a part of the United States and is bound by maritime law, okay? Mm -hmm. So now shit's starting to make sense. It's called a ship because we're going to pretend like it's in the ocean because it's not associated with this body of land that we've been taught that we live on, right? And so then I realize that... Me being a United States citizen means that I am not, literally not a citizen of the United States,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? That I am a citizen of a foreign entity, a foreign corporation, right? Because the United States government was corporatized a long time ago, and I'm sure that's something that you've talked about on your show before, so we probably yes, don't sir. have to go too deep into that. Um, but, well, Why? Right? Why? And, and, and what does that mean? And then I start to realize that everything has been corporatized. The police have been corporatized. You know, the courts have been corporatized. And why that is, is because a corporation can only do business with other corporations. Right? So if you're not, well, does that make me a corporation? Right? Because they, they've been doing business with me my whole life. this leads me to understanding this name that's in all capital letters. Right? That is a corporation. Well, isn't that me? Well, no, but we're going to ask you to pretend that that's you, right? And so now I start researching the birth certificate and what this document means, right? So how this starts, right, is upon your birth, right? Just like a vessel is birthed into the ocean, Mm -hmm. a baby is birthed to a doctor, right? Not an accident in the verbiage there. Um, You're literally being birthed to a dock.
0: Wow. Didn't even realize that. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, and in court, right. You stand on the docket, Mm -hmm. right. That fence that you walk past that has a gate is called the bar. Okay. You have bar lawyers, right. And what the bar is in the ocean is when you cross the bar, now you are in international waters. See what I'm saying? Yes, sir. The courtroom, when you cross the bar and approach the dock, you are now in international waters. You are now bound by maritime law. And anyone who argues that should reference the gold fringe flag, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Which states, that's the Jolly Rogers, that states that you are operating under admiralty law or maritime law or the law of the sea, whatever you prefer to call it, right? So when you're born, they ask your parents what they're going to name you, right? And they don't fill out a birth certificate they fill out what's called a certificate of live birth, okay? Which means that a living being was birthed to a doctor, okay? So you sign this, your parents write it, your name is written normally, okay? And then that certificate of live birth is sent to the government, okay, to a corporation. And upon the receipt of that document, Another document is created that is called the birth certificate. Okay, so you have certificate of live birth, you have birth certificate. We think they're the same thing. They're not the same thing. One is created with the other. And once this birth certificate is created, it is now in place of this certificate of live birth. Okay, and what that is, is a bond that has created a corporation with the same name as you. Okay, that is in all capital letters, and that's how you differentiate. They put a mister in front of it or a missus. You don't want to be a mister or a missus or a person, okay, because this is all word magic being used on you. This is a non living entity. A person is not alive. Mr. or missus is not alive, right? So they're going to call you this all uppercase name. Now, this corporation has been created, and they're going to send it back, and then they're going to convince you that that is you, mm-hmm. okay? And that's why every time you get a a piece of mail from the government, it will be addressed to that all uppercase name because they're not addressing that to you, the living person. They are addressing that to you, the dead, not because a corporation by definition is a non-living entity, okay? So they have proclaimed you dead or missing, lost at sea, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you're lost, you can't be living, right? They can't, they can't, they can't prove that you're alive. If you're lost, they can't prove that you're alive. So they can call you a corporation. Correct. Right. So they send you this thing back. They convince you that this is you. And this is essentially a contract, right? This gives them the ability to contract with you because again, the police are corporatized. The courts are corporatized. corporations are obviously corporatized, right? And your, uh, your ability to do business with them is 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 based off of this okay mm-hmm. i always wondered like why is there a state of california california state
0: right yeah.
1: oregon, oregon state every state has this there's not one state that doesn't have this right and that is because one is a body of land and the other is a corporation that was created to do business as this body of land it's the same thing as the straw man it's the exact same thing as our legal fiction or whatever you want to call this each state has its own straw man, right? Now, once you, it sounds really silly to say, but once you can prove that you are alive, okay? Because if you are alive, then you are by definition not non-living, right? And a corporation is by definition non-living. So again, really silly to say, but if you can prove that you are alive, okay? Then none of these corporations have, the authority or the jurisdiction or the legal right to do business with you. It's illegal for them to contract with you. Yeah. Okay. So if you are alive, a police officer has no more jurisdiction over you than an employee at McDonald's, right? An employee at McDonald's wears a uniform,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? An employee at McDonald's has the ability to dictate what happens at their place of business. Right. Right right? If you walk into McDonald's without shoes on and you try to order a cheeseburger, McDonald's has the right to tell you that they are not going to contract with you unless you walk outside and put some shoes on and come back, right? right? You have the right to walk outside and put shoes on or come back in, or you have the right to go contract with someone who will sell you a cheeseburger in your bare feet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that is your right, right? They don't have the, the ability to dictate what you do outside of what they will require for you to contract with them and that is the extent that every corporation has jurisdiction or the legal right to dictate what you do right right yeah natural law states that that if there's no victim there's no crime okay and it is the on the burden is the burden of the state to produce a victim and a witness to prove that a crime has been committed okay if they can't produce a victim and a witness then there has been no crime
0: Right. And even according to the constitution, the government cannot be the injured party. Correct. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah.
1: So what this means is that I can't remember what the statistic is of people that are sitting in prison over victimless crimes. That's right? probably
0: more, off, more, more than the ma- majority would assume.
1: Correct. But the prison system is so profitable, right? That they need them full. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so what 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 this means right and this is where this is where it gets frustrating right because i was taught about these civil rights right and these civil liberties for yes. my whole life and i was taught to be grateful for these and i was taught to be proud of these. And I was taught to fight to defend these, right? That's why we have the second amendment is to defend our civil liberties. Everybody talks about going back to 1870. as 1878, right? When yeah. We got to go back to that. But the problem is we got to go back before that because 1878 is when everything got screwed up, right? We are born with natural rights, okay? That are granted to you by your creator, whatever that means to you. He was whatever that means to you. It doesn't specify who the creator. It's just you are granted natural rights upon your birth by your creator, okay? Those rights include food, water, shelter, abundance, and transportation between those four things, okay? you. Those are your rights. Now, when you agree to be a citizen of their ship, you agree to sacrifice those rights, to trade those rights for your civil rights, okay? Because if you're going to be on their ship, you're going to play by their rules, mm-hmm. right? So everyone thought they had no rights and they wanted rights. And I think that, that there was a big, this was very closely related to uh, slavery being abolished, right? Yeah,
0: and you, the 14th, all, yeah.
1: Yeah, you had all these slaves that had rights, okay? And we couldn't have that. We couldn't have slaves with natural rights. So we said, listen, we're going to give you these civil rights, right? So sign here, become a citizen of my ship, and we will give you these civil rights, okay? Which they were proud. They were happy to take because before that, they, they they had nothing. They were considered property, right? Right. But they have done they, – they just traded one form of slavery for another, which is what our parents do for us when we're born when they sign our birth certificate right they agree that we are going to be a slave to a system right that birth certificate is traded accrues value Mm -hmm. someone is able to access that value right and we are the debtor of that. So any, any debt that's associated with that bond that's created, we are legally responsible for, but someone else is the beneficiary of that. So as the value goes up, any value that is accrued, someone else has the legal right to that. All we are entitled to is the debt that's associated with this corporation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So part of gaining ownership of this legal fiction is making yourself the beneficiary of your bond as opposed to the debtor. Right, which is where our shit gets really hard.
0: Yeah, I think that's an important distinction to make too. With, with debt, is to my understanding, a debt can only be between a man and a man. Uh, I cannot owe a debt to a corporation because, as you said, by definition, a corporation is not a living thing. How can I owe something to something that's dead,
1: essentially? That's right. And how can a dead person owe anyone anything? You know, and there is a reason you're summoned to court
0: uh-huh. and then you're represented. Right?
1: right we summon dead things right and a lot of people have probably seen the video of the dude from montana um where he came in and the judge says you know are you mr so-and-so i can't remember what his name was right i'm um, gonna yeah. use my full name is are, are you mr jeff and no your honor i am jeff the living man i will ask again the judge says are you mr jeff no your honor I am Jeff, the living man, right? Once that is established, that judge has no right to talk to you. Yep. That judge can be imprisoned for talking to you. That judge has to hold itself in contempt if it continues to carry on a conversation with you. Yeah. Right. And the judge walks out of the courtroom. In this yep. video, because she knows it, and what what is so. Didn't
0: she? Didn't this, she, if if I'm if I'm not because I've seen that I think I've seen that video. Doesn't the judge bow and leave the court?
1: It's, I, something I, like that. Something like that. She's she's in over her depth, right, and knows it. She's been beat, and she walks away because there's no. way... And here's what's frustrating, right? And you've got the Uniform Commercial Code or whatever that it gets brought up all the time, and that's a really weird thing because at law school, you're taught that that only applies on things under $5,000 and you're taught that it's totally financially driven, right? And that that's what dictates the activation of this is, is money, right? When in reality, this is a document or a set of documents that has been created to protect us from ourselves, right? As a corporate entity, right? And so interpreting this UCC, is something that people try to do for their whole lives and don't accomplish, right? If you're not gonna be willing to go and, and and do case, cite cases, right? Go back and find specific cases from 50, 60, 80 years ago, right, where judges granted this person this based on this, and you can establish that. And, and here's the thing about law, right? And this is one of my favorite things about law is that it's very subjective, right? It's open to interpretation. You can say the same, you could take one law and you can interpret it two very different ways, right? It is open to interpretation. Some people say it's a flawed system, right? But almost every founding father was quoted saying that if you didn't learn your rights Right. If you didn't take the time to learn your rights and learn the law, then you deserve to get bent over by the government. Now, I'm paraphrasing. Right. But literally every founding father was quoted saying something to that effect, that it is on you to learn your rights. Right. And if you refuse to learn your rights, then you deserve whatever you get from the government. Period. And that's something that I take very seriously. And and being a good lawyer is less about knowing the law. And more about being good at arguing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? A good lawyer can argue either side of a point, right? And that's based on interpretation, right? Right, and being able to interpret that and verbalize that and get someone else's perspective to line up with yours based on the ability, your ability to persuade them to make right. that make sense. All you're doing is trying to take a person who's standing over here and show them the same thing from standing over here.
0: Right. Right. I, I actually was going to, I was going to go to law school when I was, uh, I was 18. I was looking at, at becoming an attorney and stuff like that. And I remember I had an LSAT book preparing to take the test, uh, before I could apply to law school. And every question in that book had nothing to do with law whatsoever, because the LSAT is basically just critical thinking, logical, how good are you at formulating an argument to what we're asking? and it has there's not one single legal question
1: in that entire test and law school is the only form of post-secondary school that will teach you to think critically yep every other form of of college right or or university is taught to take that ability from you is Mm -hmm. taught to get you to stop thinking critically you internalize information and you regurgitate the same information, yeah. right? That is what college teaches you to do. And school, right, in general, is not about education. We start school at a very young age to be taught to be the same as everyone else, right? right. That's what school is about, is you are going to be the same as all these people here. They teach you these social structures with cliques and stuff like that so that you're afraid to be an outcast, right? And that is what K through 12 is about, yeah. is conformity, right? If you decide to go past that to be successful, right, now they're gonna teach you how to regurgitate information. Right. That's why you have all these smart, dumb people that go to school for four years and can't, <laughs> can't think critically or, or or use any kind of discernment, right? Because that's been bred out of them. Right. There's a very, very big difference between information and intelligence. Yes. Or 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 intelligence and knowledge. Right. Right. Or knowledge and gnosis. Right, which is something that's lost, um, and I think that a lot of these things are hard to comprehend because we've been taught to interpret things one way, right? Whether it's spirituality or history or or, or any of these things, right? Which is why math was so refreshing for me, right? Because numbers don't lie; numbers just are, right? And it's yeah, our job absolute. to interpret the numbers right uh, but then learning about statistics and how to represent those numbers right it's very easy to lie with statistics just like with anything else you can argue both sides of a statistic right, right? which is what's so crazy about these uh, like can can we get into mass shootings a little i don't want to like yeah. get into it um, yeah. but i i heard this this statistic that said that like they've gone up like 400% or something in the last three or four years like they they're just through the roof right and then come to find out Three years ago or four years ago we changed the definition of a mass shooting right so if you go by the old definition it stayed exactly the same but we've changed what that is kind of like we changed the definition of a vaccine right right? or we changed this and or are we stopped counting deaths and we started counting cases right right or we changed what a case or, or or a death was right or we changed what a positive result was, okay? Mm-hmm. And so all of these things are very subjective. And so when we interpret information, right, we all have an intuition, right? It's just a word that I don't like to use a whole lot because it's kind of been jacked by the whole uh, cute witch, love and light community right. kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. I call it teeny bopper bullshit. But uh, <laughs> um, we have this this sense of knowing in our gut, right? And when something doesn't resonate with you, when it doesn't make sense, it's okay to explore that and dig into that and understand why that doesn't make sense to you and what these numbers or this statement or whatever it is that didn't feel right means, right? Because ultimately it's on us to decide what is true and what is not, because everything is subjective, including truth, right? right? And we can have the same piece of information and my truth could be totally different than your truth. Right. You see what I'm saying? I didn't live in a pandemic for two years, right? Because that wasn't my reality. I didn't accept that. I did everything exactly the same, right? I had my two years were great, right? I had more growth in those two years than in probably the 10 before that. It was great for my business. It was great for all of these things because I chose not to accept that, right? Which can be applied to any area of your life, Mm -hmm. right? And- So it's important to to learn this this discernment, right, and understand that all of these things, whether it's the law or whether it's the truth or whether it's what's good or what's bad, right, is subjective. Right. Right. So instead of thinking about what you've been taught to deem this, take some time to figure figure out what – you deem this because if you take a step back and you really look at it, you'll realize that most of your thoughts are not yours, right? They're programmed. You've Mm -hmm. been conditioned to feel this way, right? And so taking the time to sit back and figure out which thoughts are yours and which thoughts aren't and try to explore like, why do you feel this way? Right? A lot of times you're going to find out you don't know. That's just something that someone told you sometimes, or you were told that to feel something different was to be insensitive. You see what I'm saying? And nobody wants to be an asshole, right. right? And nobody wants to be perceived that way from the outside because we've been taught that that's bad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, and so learning to just be you unapologetically, right, and do what you think is right as opposed to what you've been conditioned to think is right is going to change your whole experience. And a lot of this sovereignty stuff starts there. Right. Right. Like you don't have to be sovereign to live free. See right. like those, things, those things aren't synonymous. And I think this is somewhere that gets lost for with, with, with people, especially people that are like, just kind of coming into this. It's like, well, how do I become a sovereign citizen? First of all, you don't want to be a sovereign citizen, right? You want to be a sovereign. If you're a citizen, you're in trouble. You can be a state citizen technically. Right. But most people don't understand that. Like you want to be, uh, uh, a member you want to be a you want to live in this in this land right you don't want to be a part of a club because if you're part of a club then you have to play by the club's rules see what i'm saying and so right. you don't want to be a citizen of anything but that starts way before your citizenship status that starts at your ability to say no right and your ability to use discernment and your ability to start dictating your reality because everything in this experience—and you can make this as esoteric and as spiritual or as practical as you want—but everything in this experience experience is con- based on consent, right. right? One of the first videos I did was the three C's, right? Your consent, excuse me, your your um, your compliance is your consent, and your consent makes you complicit, mm-hmm. right? To comply Mm -hmm. is to say, okay, I accept this as my reality, right? That's your consent. To consent and say, okay, I accept this as my reality makes you complicit in the problem, right? Because why we have these problems is because we've accepted that we're going to have these problems. If the whole country would have said, I'm not putting that shit on my face, wouldn't have been there. Right. Wouldn't have been there, right. right? But we've been taught this, this sheep mentality where we have papa government or papa teacher or papa boss at work, right? And we just, instead of us going, wait, that doesn't affect me at all if I don't let it, we think about things like trying to elect a new master, right, to fix things for us. That's right. a very interesting thing. Like free people don't vote, okay? Free people elect. Yeah. Right? This a, is vote, a
0: vote I'm is thinking. a suggestion.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And anybody who really still thinks that we have fair and balanced elections, I think is just not paying attention. Right? right. And this whole left, right, red, blue paradigm is the principle of duality, the principle of polarity being used against you. Right. It's not really about red or blue. It's about splitting you into two groups and getting this group mad at this group and getting this group mad at this group. Right. right. Because if you're mad at this person and they're both saying the same thing is what's funny. Yeah. Well, those people are insensitive and they're uneducated right the left is saying the exact same thing about the right that the right's saying about the left i remember my grandma telling me she was like those those leftists are just out there just spewing hate all over the place and i'm like well because it sounds like what's coming out of your mouth kind of sounds like spewing hate you know like it's yes. the, it's the same thing
0: And <clears throat> so yeah. this whole
1: paradigm has been created to create division it's called divide and conquer we've been doing it for thousands of years And we all fall for it. Nobody wants to admit that the left wing and the right wing are two wings of the same fucked up bird.
0: Yeah. You know, something that we posted recently on our Instagram, there's something that came out from the House. I I believe it was the House. They voted on it. uh, An approval to move towards a bill to um, make it illegal to disassemble and clean your firearm without a firearms license. (laughs) And and on the post, it was like, Even eight Republicans voted for this. And I said, well, first of all, let's break this down. Okay. How the fuck are they going to know that you're disassembling your firearm and cleaning it? Okay. It's a scare tactic. And second of all, stop with this. And some Republicans voted for it. You guys haven't figured out that they're on the same team? That's it. Like, don't be surprised when a Republican votes in favor of a left Democrat policy. They're the same, they go to the same country club. How about they that? They hang out
1: on weekends, dude. They golf together.
0: Yeah, that's what I say. It's, you know? it's, it's pro wrestling is what it is.
1: That's exactly. Well, it's bread and circus. Yeah. Right? We've all heard of bread and circus. There's bread and circus and there's silver and lead. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's how they get shit done. And right. if, if you ask me, right now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the, the way that this shit has been run at all. But right. Uh, there was this savior complex with with Trump that came out that that everybody, whether it was the Q people or whether it was that, you know what I mean? Like there was this he was going to come in and fix everything. Right. But nobody outside of your experience can fix your experience. Right. That's not how it works. And if you ask me, like, I think that that he himself Savior Trump was the principle of polarity being used against us. I think that as great as some of the stuff that he did was, and as much as I agreed with a lot of the stuff that happened in that situation, the freaking Paris Climate Accord, something like, well, we're not going to make shit here. We'll send it somewhere else and let them make it where I have monopolies. You know what I mean? Where I can make right. money off of that. Um, a lot of it made sense. I liked paying $2.65 a gallon for gas, right? Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that happened in that presidency that made sense to me, right? But I think he was just the most polarizing character that they could put in. He split the nation right down the middle, mm-hmm. right? And now that the the left, if, if, if you were blue, you hated that man, right? And if you were red, you loved that man. And you were right, right? And you were willing to fight about that. We got to a point where you couldn't even talk about that shit at Thanksgiving, because people were gonna scream at each other. We split, we divided families, Right. we divided friendships, you know, these, these sacred bonds that we've had that have always existed, right? Because when I was a kid, it was like, oh, well, we just won't talk about it, right? We just won't talk about it at Thanksgiving, okay? In, in, in 2017, 2018, 2019, they didn't come over for Thanksgiving because those are stupid Trumpers over there. Yeah. Those, so and Susie's a, a leftist, you know, I'm not inviting her, we're not setting her a plate at the table. It just, bam polarized everyone and that's something that we still haven't recuperated from right right Right. it's probably getting worse you got this this sitting president's got the lowest approval rate maybe in history right but people are still defending him because they don't want to admit that they were wrong about the last one
0: right right but it's not about
1: being right or wrong because none of it's right correct Right. and you being right and and claiming that well i was right i told you so is you being wrong you know what i mean because you shouldn't you shouldn't have been a part of that to begin with right you know we are
0: trying to polish a turd
1: exactly you know we dictate this and so i think step one is like stepping back from this whole system right because again if we're consenting then we're complying and we're complicit right you know what i'm saying withdrawing from the whole thing and saying okay what can i control right what do i have control because the only constant in this plane or this realm or this place or this i don't like to call it a planet in this thing right this experience the one constant is change right okay it's never going to stop changing you can either and, and 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 you have the principle of polarity you have these two poles and everything is going to constantly bounce back between those back and forth between those two poles right the pendulum swing to the left manifests to the right and vice versa for every good there for every ounce of good there'll be an ounce of bad for every ounce of dark there'll be an ounce of light this is cosmic law right right we can ride this roller coaster right up and down and up and down and, and tune into these good moments and say, Oh, this is so great. And then crash and be like, cause shit's going to get hard sometimes too. And then be down in the dumps when it gets hard, or we can be the constant. We can observe the change, right? As it takes place without internalizing it and start dictating the course of our experience. Because the way that this works is you are either a master of your experience or you are a victim of somebody else's experience. Right? And so us having this savior complex Well, we'll elect a better master, right? Or, oh, well, if we get however many more people into the house, right, it's going to fix everything. That's you counting on someone else to fix your experience, which means you are a victim of their experience because by definition, you are not a master of yours. Right. You see what I'm saying? So how this whole sovereign thing starts is with personal sovereignty and using your discernment and taking steps to take control of your experience, right? Mm -hmm. And that starts with lack of consent. That's where that, that's where that whole process starts is understanding that you have the right and the ability to say no and practicing that and setting boundaries with yourself and with the people around you and with the state, right? That's where this whole thing starts. And if you're not willing to do that, then this sovereignty thing isn't going to work for you, dude, because it makes a lot of shit difficult. It really does. You have to decide what's important to you, what you're willing to do to get it and start taking those steps outside of this movement Right. Because it doesn't do you any good to get sovereign if you're going to consent.
0: Right. Right. You know, and I have I've heard this talked about on on uh, numerous, uh, you know, shows and and, and discussions that I've listened to, whether it be on YouTube or or even reading some of the books that I'm reading right now about this, that that's a, a heavily discussed topic about you have to understand before you even get into this, what this actually means. Right. Right. It's not so much about, yes, breaking this slavery from this fake system that they've set up, but it's about you as a man or a woman, what that actually means to you. And if you aren't willing to understand and accept what that core definition of man and woman is, just being a sovereign on land, then this stuff is going to be further over your head than I think most people are willing to admit because it it, I I don't think it's just, yeah, you just file some paperwork and then you don't pay taxes and then you're good to go. Like it's, it's deeper than that. You know what I mean?
1: It makes a lot of things really hard.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: A lot of things really hard. I'm still having to learn about how to have a over the table, sovereign business, right? That's a whole different spiel. Right, Right? That I'm still having to educate myself on, right? Because you can only go so far with cash, which is how I operate now. But if I put more than $10,000 in a bank account, I'm going to be in some shit, right? There's a lot of things that I would like to buy that cost more than $10,000. And it doesn't look good for me to go in with 30 grand cash and get a cashier's check made. Right. Because we've been taught that that means you're a drug dealer. Right you see what I'm saying? And you have to understand that 99% of the people that you are going to encounter don't understand this, right? Any of this, there are three people at a bank that understand this process. It's the CEO, the CFO and the COO, right? Everyone outside of that is totally unawares. Okay. The, the, every officer that you're going to encounter has never heard of this, right? The judge knows, but everybody below the judge Doesn't, the police chief might not know this, dude, depending on where you're at. You see what I'm saying? And so you doing this puts you on an island, right? An island that nobody else has the information to be able to see your point of view, right? So it's this constant battle with every interaction that you have that pertains to this. It's the, it's your, the burden is on you to be able to establish the information and the reference and the background and hope that this person is receptive to it. And we all know how people, how receptive people are to the truth. Right. I mean, if something doesn't fit into someone's paradigm, they're going to reject it. Mm -hmm. And so this process is very frustrating and it's very isolating. Right. And it's very, it's, it's, it's lonely. Right. In a lot of ways, but you have to ask yourself, what this experience is to you, right? This, this experience as a whole, because if you ask me, right, what this life is about is to come here and learn and to grow. Right. And unfortunately the fastest route to that growth usually goes through suffrage. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. We've been taught, well, and and anybody who says that that's masochistic or whatever, like we've all, we have to admit that some of the times that we grew the most were some of the hardest times of our lives, right? Because we're forced out of our comfort zone right? and we have to adapt. That's what the human animal does. It adapts, right? We don't adapt when we live in these cushy little realities that we've created for ourselves. What that suffering does is pushes us out of that box of comfort and forces this growth and this adaptation, right? We've also been taught to fear change, We've been taught to fear suffering. We've been taught to fear pain. We've been taught that all of these things are bad, right? And so a big part of my awakening process, first of all, was realizing that I'm not a human being having a spiritual experience. I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And starting to walk towards these things that I was afraid of, even though I've been conditioned my whole life to avoid them, right? Walk towards these things that scared me because that fear is a key, right? And that key will open all these doors on the other side of it, right? Once I've made peace with that fear, embrace that fear, face that, whatever that trauma is, because that's how they control you. It's all trauma-based, right? Right. It's trauma-based mind control. Once you can confront that trauma and sit with that trauma and embrace that trauma, right now you have transmuted this. This is alchemy, right? You've taken the lead that you get at earth school and you've made gold, right? And now you can go use this gold to improve your experience, right? And so that's what this sovereignty thing is to me. It was something that I was afraid of. It's scary to get out of the system, right? It's scary for things to be difficult. It's scary to be alone, right? Yeah. It's scary to not be able to go and and have have credit to buy a house, right? That's 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 what we've been taught that you do, right? Right. It's it's scary to not be in the system. Right? But that fear is what creates the growth that I'm here to attain. So I'm going to walk towards it. I don't. I'm not gonna pretend like I have all of this figured out because this is something I still have to study all the time. I'm trying to buy a house, right, in the spring, and doing that sovereign without $500,000 sitting in my bank is not an easy thing to do. Right. But I'm gonna figure it out, dude. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm also really close to getting promissory notes figured out, which is a fucking crazy thing. Like, a promissory note is basically like a, a a. Fancy IOU. Right. Okay. And like we established earlier, this this bond is traded and accrues value. Okay.
0: Yeah. Value? B- before you Go continue, ahead. our our last guest that we had on our show, uh, his name was Daniel Mercury. He was actually running for governor in California. And he brought this up that he was when. Uh, so, you know, we have made a bold statement on our show that we no longer believe in, in voting and elections. It's obvious, you know, it's, Bread and circus is this illusion of choice, but I've never met a individual who was running for a political office that was speaking about these topics. And he was talking about the Fourteenth Amendment and you're a slave and everyone's a corporation. And and he hey, has, a, dead, dude. yeah. Well, that's what he 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 had said that a lot of people have told him that. um But he had mentioned that when he was doing research on birth certificates, and he he said he was whispered. To a, a nurse at the hospital, she goes. We send this over to the Bureau of Vital Statistics, I believe it is, yep. and yep. they turn that into a surety bond, and then the surety bond is turned into an American bond at the Federal Reserve, and that's what they sell. Yep. So he was saying that when when you get like all this fucking bullshit with like Ukraine, we just sent them forty billion dollars, and then some of it went to you know Uganda, and some of it went to you know uh, wherever else. He goes, that's just people calling in their notes. Right. So they tie it into a bill and we send them money. He goes, It's not it's it's paying it's paying off those bonds that these other companies or corporations have purchased from the Federal Reserve and they're calling it in. The the Congress gets together, they write up a bullshit bill that you know, we're sending them money for this when it re, re, in reality, all we're doing is paying back those bonds. That's it.
1: Well, then you have to ask yourself, what is money? Right. Right. Because a, a currency by definition is backed by something.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. We developed the dollar on the gold standard. Right. We went away from that. And then we were on the oil. We were backing it with oil. Right. Which is a slippery slope because oil is, I mean, gold is volatile too. It's, it's, it's all going to fluctuate to some degree. Right. But once you establish that it's not based on anything. Right. It's nothing. It's, it's, it's absolutely nothing. You have this, this, Company, this corporation that has now monopolized the ability to print money, right? And determine its value. Mm-hmm. That's that's insane, dude. And I was having this conversation with my neighbor yesterday. He's like, Well, that's why you pay taxes. And I'm like, You talk about we we're talking about the roads or something. Where's my tax dollars going? I'm like, dude, your tax dollars go straight to the Federal Reserve, right? All of our taxes combined do not pay the interest. Of the money that we owe to the Federal Reserve, which gets into like, who was JP Morgan? What was the Titanic all about, right? How was the Federal Reserve implemented? Because the fact is, there were four people that had all the money, right? Three of them opposed uh, uh, a worldwide banking system, right? One of them was for it, JP Morgan. Three of them got on. JP Morgan had a ticket. He never got on the boat. Boat sinks. Now there's no opposition to the Federal Reserve. And bam, there it is, Yeah. right? Then they bought the medical institutions. This is a 1913. They bought the medical institutions. They bought the, uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies, right? So now they had the ability to, to monopolize the pharmaceuticals and monopolize the people who are being taught to administer this medicine. They outlawed holistic medicine, right? They had just taken over the oil industry now
0: petroleum based.
1: Yeah. Now they took over the, the medical industry, right? And it was over. Now they run the world, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why there's shit that goes on in Germany and stuff that, that, uh, Rejects big pharmaceuticals, and that's why a lot of these global conflicts have taken place. Right? Yeah. A big part of World War II was about uh, people rejecting the pharmaceutical industry. Um, but you have these families that monopolized everything, they get to set the value of a dollar, they get to print the dollar, right? And so, my neighbor asked me, Well, how, does, how, do, how do we fix the roads then? I'm like, because we print money. Dude, but 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 what is money? All a dollar is. It's it's not a dollar is not money. It's a Federal Reserve banknote, okay? Yeah. And it says it right on there. What is a Federal Reserve banknote? It is a gift card for somebody else's energy, right? Yeah. That is redeemable at anywhere that accepts Federal Reserve banknotes. That's all it is. Yep. Right. Granted, there's a law that says that for you to be a corporation in this citizen on this ship. You have to accept these federal reserve banknotes, right? But that's all it is, is a gift card for somebody else's energy. When you buy gold, you're not buying the gold. Okay. You're buying and gold is not expensive because it's prettier. It makes good jewelry. Gold is expensive because it's hard to get. Okay. So you're buying, you're not buying the gold. You're buying the right to transport the gold right? And you're buying the dude with the wheelbarrow and the pitchfork who goes up into the mountains and beats it out of the earth and then smelts it into these bars and then brings it down, right? And then splits that up into smaller bars and distributes that to jewelers or however you're buying your gold. That's what you're buying. It's not the gold. And when you sell that gold at a profit, they're not buying the gold. They're buying your energy. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so this whole system is built on energy, right? And so the real currency right? Is not the notes, right? It's the energy, right? And it's the attention and it's the time. This is true currency, right? We've just been convinced through this model of manufactured scarcity that these dollars are what's important. And that's why people are stuck at these dead-end jobs. And it's like, you got to think about the energy going out and the energy coming in, right? And is that an even energetic exchange? Everybody's upset about minimum wage, Right? We need to we need to raise minimum wage. It's like, okay, in 1963 minimum wage was a dollar 25. Okay? A dollar 25. You got five quarters per hour. Those quarters were 60% silver. In 2020 or 2019, those five quarters that were 60% silver were worth $25 an hour. Were worth $25. Okay? So you were getting paid more in 1963 than you are getting paid now. Right? You see what I'm saying? It's not about minimum wage. It's about sound currency, and we don't have that. Right. This is the problem, right? But we've all been convinced to trade our time and our energy and our attention for this monopoly money.
0: Right. right?
1: We're printing more money now than we ever have.
0: Now go back to uh, – I know I cut you off there when you're talking about promissory notes.
1: Promissory notes is an, or an IOU. Right okay you can buy a house with promissory notes right step 1 of that is becoming the beneficiary right which we talked about a little bit earlier mm-hmm. being the beneficiary of this bond because right now that's somebody else you are the debtor not the beneficiary once you have taken ownership of this 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 legal fiction right this fictitious character that's been created once you own that you can make yourself the beneficiary which gives you access to the wealth that has been accrued off of this bond, right? This number is astronomical, right? It's, it, I've heard it in several different, as far as several different values, right? I can't tell you exactly what that is. And it, there's no exact number because it's based off of basically an algorithm that they have that determines your wealth right. based on your level of intelligence, how well you can form, All of these things determine your value essentially to the government or to the market, right? Once you have taken ownership of this, you can write a fancy IOU that we call a promissory note. So say if you're going to buy a house with it, right? You would write it for the same amount as whatever your mortgage is. Okay. If your mortgage was $1,800 a month, you would say, I so-and-so will give $1,800 a month to so-and-so, whoever you owe the money to, right? on this day every month until the balance which is this is paid right you sign it well you don't you don't just sign it right you autograph it okay because dead people sign right right your signature can be taken and you and you autograph it without prejudice okay because it's legal for someone to take your signature and put it on whatever they want and now you are legally bound to that Right. Right. Which is why we sign everything. Right. It, it, when you write without prejudice, what you're saying is that this cannot be used to do anything deceitful. Right. Basically. You're
0: reserving your rights.
1: Exactly. So you autograph this thing without prejudice and you send it to the CEO, the CFO, or the COO of whatever bank you're doing business with. Right. Because again, everybody else at that bank has no fucking clue what you're talking about. Right. Right. The CEO, CFO or CEO will take this note to the Federal Reserve and go, do you want to buy this? And they will. And they will do that because they can borrow on that 10 times.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You see what I'm saying? And so even the Federal Reserve is playing this funny money game. Yeah. All of them are which is like, is there really gold here? Do they really, you know what I mean? We, we have no idea what wealth really is or, right. or who has it because there's no way to verify. And it's getting scary that like the ruble is getting very big on a global scale. The Chinese yen is getting very big on a global scale. Like no one wants the dollar anymore. Right. Um, and it's unfortunate. Like I really don't like crypto, dude. I don't. And I know that, there's a lot of people a lot smarter than me that are all for it but like just the etymology of that right you are sending your your currency right which is two words it's current and sea right a current is a flow right in a sea which is a body of water now we're talking more nautical terms right but a, the, the currency is just the flow of energy That's all this is because we just established that that's all money is, is a gift card for somebody else's energy, right? You're not buying whatever you own. You're buying the right to hold it or transport it, right? You're buying the energy associated with acquiring that or transporting that, right? right? So we're talking the flow of energy and crypto or crypt, right? We're sending sending energy to the crypt. Mm -hmm. I don't want to send my energy there, dude. I don't care how much funny money you're going to give me. Right, you know that's right. scary to me, dude. For sure, that's scary. Especially and when you break same, it down that way. People, yeah, and the same people that incepted this crypto because we don't we don't know who made Bitcoin. You know, it was somebody really smart, and you've got these dudes that sir it's it, but it's very this crypto is very closely associated with like quantum technology, right? The quantum computer and all this, right? Because that is how we're gonna manage this gigantic blockchain stuff that's gonna be created uh When this shit takes over, right? We're gonna need this this quantum processing, the quantum technology, Mm -hmm. right? And these guys are open occultists. They're open about it, and there's nothing wrong with the occult. I live in the occult, dude. I live in the occult, and I practice a lot of things that a lot of people would tell me is evil and all kinds of stuff. And it's not because magic is not good or bad, just like anything else is not good or bad, right? If 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 I have a pencil and I write "I love you" on a piece of paper and I hand it to you, that's a very beautiful thing right, if I turn that pencil around and bury it in you, it's not so beautiful anymore. But is the pencil bad? Is the pencil bad? Magic is just creating change and conformity with will by ways not understood by science. Manifestation is magic. Reading affirmations into the mirror is magic, right? Like magic is just creating a reality that you wanna exist inside. And there are a lot of different forms of magic, right? That with different approaches, different ways to do that chaos magic is kind of where I live, right? Which is like studying everything and using things that resonate with you and kind of, I just, am, I'm, I'm really not good with rules, right? Um, I just wanted to clarify that because people hear the word occult sure. and they hear bad. So me right, saying right. people are openly occultists is not me saying that that makes them bad, okay? That's not what I'm saying. Right. But they are all practitioners of the occult Okay. And that is what quantum technology is. Okay. Mm -hmm. You are sending information to another realm. Okay. And this is not conspiracy, dude. You can hear the man who's at the front of this at CERN talking about this. Yeah. They are sending information to another realm and it's being processed by, they don't know what they'll admit that too. They've got no clue what's processing this information. They just know they're sending it there and it's being processed and getting sent back. Okay and what they're doing there right is trying to create essentially a portal right and they're trying to bring whatever is processing that information here
0: not smart they
1: can can control it right and that scares the ever shit out of me dude i'm not scared of very many things but like it's not something you fuck with right it's not couldn't agree more um, I think that's what King Kong vs. Godzilla is about. The whole movie. Yes. What like a good they, movie. They create this this gigantic AI uh, thing that they think they can control. Right? Just like this being that's on the other side or whatever it is they're creating that they think they control. And they, they, they build this thing. And they make this thing. They give this thing life. And then they find out they can't control it. Right? Right. And I, I totally think that if, if you rewatch that movie and you look at it in that light, right. It'll make a whole lot of shit make sense. There's a lot of truth in there too, as far oh, as like yeah. able to get the underground network and shit like that. There yeah, is there was flatters, hollow
0: earth. Disc- I mean all yeah. kinds of stuff in that movie,
1: a lot of disclosure. Um, And so maybe we could talk a little about, a bit about earth models after this too. That's yeah. my favorite conversation to have. But like my point mm-hmm. is this crypto quantum stuff all of it is related, right? And we don't really understand where any of it comes from. We just know that like I bought Bitcoin two years ago and it was at 8,000 and now it's at 40 or whatever. You know what I mean? So now we've decided that this is good, right? But what are we basing this perspective of good or bad on, right? Besides right. financial gain of funny money, right? Right? Which again, is just a gift card for somebody else's energy. And we're just going to continue sending that to the crypt and hope that we continue to perceive that as good right, right? that's a right. slippery slope for me dude for that's sure a really slippery slope for me and i got to piss off a lot of crypto dudes that made a lot of money but like just coming from someone who understands the other side of that coin right right that's just not a game i want to play i'll buy a bunch of silver i'll buy a bunch of gold i'll buy a bunch of guns right i think that's about as good of an investment as you can have right now with how sure. hard those are getting to get yeah um, but And so I'm about investment. I'm just about tangible wealth, right? Not something that's dictated by something that I can't control.
0: Right. And even with, you know, with the crypto, like I own some crypto and yeah, if it hits big, then I'll, you know, take all that funny money and and do whatever. Right. But the idea of crypto guys poo-pooing on on this conversation that we're having well yeah you want you 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 gained a bunch of fiat dollars
1: <laughs> yeah exactly right. what does fiat right. mean <clears throat> <Yeah. clears throat> what does fiat mean it means fake
0: means fake yeah
1: dude untangible you know so,
0: it, it it's so funny too like because there's a, there's this dichotomy in society that if you have more of these fake pieces of paper, you're somehow, uh, of a higher superior. status than me. Yeah. You're superior than I am. Right. And it's like, yeah, I mean, but dude,
1: that is symbols, you know, right, a nice right. car, or white picket fence or a steep roof. You know, it doesn't make any sense. It's just expensive. And your neighbors know you got
0: right. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So let's back up a little bit before we change gears and get towards the end of the, of the episode here. So, so with this whole, um, I don't know if "movement" is the right word for it, but let's just call it that for this. Okay. Um, with uh, obtaining your your true sovereign state as a man or a woman, is there um, something that you would suggest someone to start with? You know, I because I, I've heard both sides of the coin, right? In in this topic, this whole month is basically. going to be comprised of guests talking about this. And I've heard both sides of the coin. Yes, there's paperwork you got to fill out, affidavits, rescinding your birth certificate, doing all this. And then on the other side of that, I've heard people say, no, you don't have to do any of that. It's just, it's more of a lifestyle that you you move forward with. But um, what would you say to that?
1: I would say, again, a lot of this is based on interpretation, right? Um, To start... I'm going to, we'll, we'll, we'll talk with resource or if 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 the first step, we'll start there. Okay. The first step is understanding the difference, right. Between living in the public and living in the private, right. Public corporate, private, sovereign, living. See what I'm saying? Right. And learning how to discern what is what, Is step one, right? It's words like mister and words like person and words like vote, right? Mm -hmm. Simple stuff, right? So that you can see where these traps are at. Okay. Because all of this is, it's, it's word magic, right? They're going to say one thing, but it means something else. And they're going to get you to volunteer for this shit. This is how it works. And so there's no karmic debt coming from that because you did it to yourself. You see what I'm saying? You signed up for this. You, a free and sovereign being, consensually engaged in this, right? You gave me permission to bend you over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. And so, understanding the difference, right, is step one. There's a great document that's called "Living in the Private." Okay, and I think you sent that.
0: I think you sent that to us.
1: I could have. Maybe I think you did. Last show notes, Um, but it was funny because I got a million messages and nobody clicked (laughs) on it. (laughs) <laughs> um there's a dude and I've heard some people that absolutely love this man and some people that don't. He's called Yusuf L. Okay? Okay. Um and he has a school um that is totally UCC related, okay? And he can teach you uh, this is where the sovereign business stuff comes in, right? He's a very accomplished lawyer. Right, has been doing this for several years. This man can cite case studies from 40, 50, 60 years ago. He knows his shit, dude. And it, I will admit that it's a little concerning that he's been able to amass the following that he's been able to and not gotten nuked, right? Because there are right. certain things that I've talked about that I've, I mean, I've lost two YouTube channels and two or three Instagrams over this. Um, which is another reason I try to be kind of careful about citing too much stuff and, and and I try to be careful about the way that I present these things because this is like this is not something that they want you to know. Right. Right. I I believe that Yusuf L hasn't gotten nuked because he knows his rights so well that if someone did nuke him he would just sue the ever fuck out of him. Right. Right. Um again there's two sides to that coin, you know? Um but he has a system right that is very i mean it's it's complex in that you have to do it right and you get like one chance at it right but it's very simple right and it's it's through passport acquisition okay instead of filing all of these different paper and there's a difference between you changing your citizenship and you taking ownership of the fiction and you getting access to the funds and you see what i'm saying these are all separate things right right? okay but as far as strictly sovereignty is concerned if that's something that you if if that's your main concern right and and you're not going to figure this shit out in six months or a year or two years like you start somewhere and then you're like okay well now i've got this so now i'm going to work on this and then you learn about that and you acquire that and then you're like okay, now that i have this this is the next step you see what right. i'm saying This isn't like a process where you just fill out five or six pieces of paper and now you're free Right. right. And this is also not a process that you're going to understand all at once. This is going to be a learning process over the next 10 years, right? right. I've been in this for three years and I'm not anywhere near done. I'm still learning. I'm still. So I would assume that these people that you're talking about that said all these different things are probably all right. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But they're talking about slightly different things because there's no one way to solve all of this, right? right. There's, there's denouncing your citizenship and getting out of the game. Right, And then there's several different aspects to uh, to acquiring the ability to be able to participate in the game from the outside. You see what I'm saying? There's a whole process that involves banking, right? Because you don't want to use your social security number anymore because that's part of the game, right? So you have to acquire a new number to be able to participate with things like car insurance or like the bank, right? Because they have to be able to identify you without this social security number, which is almost impossible, right? So there's a process in, in, in acquiring this number right? And then what do I do with this number? You Mm -hmm. see what I'm saying? There's also uh, your driver's license is a contract, yeah, right? That says you're to some degree part of the game and that you're going to follow their rules, right? Which is why I would take the ticket because I still have a driver's license, which means I have agreed to follow their rules or pay the penalties of not following their rules, right? So you don't just get out, and that's the part that people misunderstand. You're not just like out and free. You do this one step at a time and it's going to take you 10, 15 years if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's setting a goal, learning what it's going to take to achieve that goal, and then moving on to the next goal. You know, and what, something that's important is celebrating the uh, when you achieve each goal, because this thing doesn't end. You know what I mean? And if you keep just moving the goalpost, you're going to burn out. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So Set a goal and achieve it and then be grateful for yourself and reward yourself. And, 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 and uh, mourn is not the word, the opposite of mourn, right? Like sit in that sense of accomplishment for a minute and give yourself a pat on the back, dude, because this shit doesn't end. If you're, if, if what you're worried about is the end game, you're screwed, right? It's not going to happen. And so there's a passport process that you fill out that basically establishes that you live here, right? You're a member of the land, but you are not a citizen of their ship. And that is what changes your, your, your actual citizenship. Okay. Now then being able to operate inside the game from the outside of the game is a totally different process, right? right? And that's when your UCC gnosis comes in and that's when your cease and desist stuff starts to come in because now that you've proven that you're a These corporations don't have the ability to come after you, right? Mm -hmm. And you can tell them to stop because you're not this corporation. If they don't, you can sue the pants off of them, and so these then, then your debt shit stops coming in, right? Now you've eliminated that problem. Are you gonna go to the next problem? Well, how do I get car insurance as a sovereign? How do I run a business as a sovereign? And these are all separate things that you have to educate yourself in. But if I had to tell someone where to start, it would be learning the difference, right? Learning what it means to be a private living. Entity.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And understanding that. Okay. And then I would suggest getting out. Right. But understanding that when you get out, everything gets hard. Right. You know, everything gets exponentially more difficult. Right. Once you have this passport with this number on it, now you can get car insurance with that number. You can get a bank account with that number. You can give that number to your employers and, and write that you are not a citizen on your higher paperwork, which could make getting a job difficult. See what I'm saying? And so every one of these is a double edged sword. And you have to, you have to, re- which is why I tell people to research this before they do it. Cause the last thing you want to do is just get out and then not be able to do any of the shit that you want to do it. Cause you're just going to get back in.
0: Yeah, cause then you're fucked. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, you know what's really interesting that you bring this up about the birth certificate or not birth certificate, the uh, passport. I've heard this before by somebody by the name of Roger Sales. I believe he wrote a book um, called Sovere- "Sovereign to Serve" or something like that. But he he mentioned that the the for him and his research, the nail in the coffin was when he finally came across the passport application, and on there is listed. As two different um, entities that you can check either you're a citizen of the United States or you are oh, and I forget what it's called um, and they changed it recently yeah they they changed it recently, but it was like a um, shit, Straight man,
1: citizen.
0: Get, yeah it's a it's, it's essentially as you're saying you're actually a citizen of the land, not the right. corporation, and there's right. two different ways to fill out your passports um and that's kind of interesting that you bring that up because it's the second time i've heard that
1: or u.s national was something. that's
0: like what it example. is yes thank you yeah. yeah a u.s national that's what was the other option thank you
1: um it's not there anymore is it not not there anymore
0: so, are, so would you would you assume that they are becoming privy to that and eliminating totally that they change
1: it all the time they change it all the time which is why like you can't just learn this process Right. Because they are actively fighting this process. They can't take the right from you. Okay. They can't, but they can make it really fucking difficult for you to be able to get there. Right. You know, it's like there has to be a way. There ha- they cannot take away your ability to attain this. Mm-hmm. Right. There will always, always, always be a way. It's just going to get exponentially more difficult the more people figure this out. It was a lot easier 10 years ago. It was really easy in the 90s. Right. Right. It was really easy in the nineties. Um, but it's, it's difficult and it's going to get more difficult. And so like, and there's always going to be these new hurdles to overcome. Right. And so understanding that you're going to get kicked in the dick constantly in this process. You know what I mean? Constantly. There's no just winning, right? This is a battle that you're going to fight for the rest of your life. but this is what's important to you. Unless you plan on just going full off grid and not, participating whatsoever, but that's an option that a lot of us don't have. Right. See what I'm saying? I, winning to me, right, is being out of the system and being able to legally operate a business tax-free, right, be able to have a bank account that's associated with said sovereign business, right, and and operate with, right on that line where I can reach over that line and grab this abundance from these jobs that I want to take, right, but live on 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 my side of it, on that sovereign side of it, and eventually I would like to get to where I have access to these promissory notes, right? right. I, I set this goal like that's how I'm gonna buy my first spinner van, dude. Is with I'm gonna buy a sprinter van with promissory notes. Like that's a, that's a goal that I set when I started this whole thing, um, because I would never spend one hundred twenty thousand dollars on a fucking van, you know yeah. what I mean? But right, you gonna flip it like, into like a tiny house? Yeah, basically, yeah. Turn it into a, a travel vehicle. um, So that, because I want to have a, a a homestead, right? But I also, I spend a lot of time on the road. I want to travel and I want to be able to do it comfortably. Um, and I don't need a Sprinter van. You know what I mean? I could set up something for 10 grand that would do, that would work just fine. It right. was just like, that but that's your goal. Goal that I set for myself. I'm going right. to buy a Sprinter van with promissory notes. You know, I'm going to buy a house with prom- promissory notes um, and, 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 and land, right. I'll, I'll buy land before that, but like, just because I don't know when I'm going to have this process figured out, but you have to have these goals, right. And understand that these goals are going to be attained when they're attained. And this is a learning process that is constantly changing. There's no roadmap because they change the roads all the time. Right. Right. And everybody who comes out and talks about this shit gets nuked.
0: Right. So, right. Now, let me let me ask you this before we get towards the end of the show here um, with because I think what what is the biggest hurdle for a lot of people when they get introduced to this topic is, well, I guess there's two hurdles, right? One is it's an intense amount of research and work and constantly studying and learning. The other one is faced with the possibility of fucking going to jail if you do something wrong. So when right. you involve something like taxes, right? I think uh, we talked about it with one of our guests that there is no law that requires you to pay taxes. There's statutes and and codes basically, right? Um, because all crime is commercial. If there's if there's no victim, there's no crime.
1: And the government cannot be said victim,
0: right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so w- where do you stand with, with taxes and, 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 and I, I know there, I think it's a 16th amendment, um, that says that Congress has the right to raise and levy taxes or whatever or to, or to impose and levy taxes, however it's worded. Um, but I heard a really great, uh, analogy that one of these guys was talking about in this specific topic about, okay, just because I have, uh, the bill of rights. Okay. Let's just say. I have the right to operate under the protection of those said amendments, right? But that doesn't mean that I have to. I don't have to. Like, I have the right to keep and bear arms. Absolutely. And no one can take that right from me. But that doesn't mean I have to. Yeah. It doesn't mean I have to own a gun, right? Right. So when you say something like, well, Congress, uh, it's an amendment that was not even properly ratified, which is uh, observed by the Supreme Court, the 16th Amendment that said that, you know, Congress can raise and impose uh, income tax. Doesn't mean that I have to do that. It's right. It right, is part, of, yeah, it's it's part of this consent. So where do you stand with taxes and all that?
1: It's theft. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's theft. If I if I walk out front and I'm like, hey, you live on my block, right? You live, hey neighbor, you live on my block, right? And I like you living here, right? And I like you, but here's how this is gonna work, right? 30% of every dollar that you make is gonna go in my pocket. Right? Distortion. That's it's exactly what it is, right? And so we're letting this this corporation, this uh, uh, c- crime syndicate, right, extort us. And we're doing it consensually because we can get in trouble if we don't, right? And people go to prison for not paying taxes all the time. Yeah. All the fucking time, right? Now, how much of that is consent-based? I'm not sure because I don't know anybody who's gone to prison for tax evasion, right? right. I don't personally know anyone, and um, I don't know how much – I don't even know anybody who's – a lot of the people that go and do this shit are like like, like movie stars or like uh, – um, I mean I think a lot of it is normally associated with like a, a Ponzi scheme or an illegal operation, and so I wonder right. like how much of that is based on – the taxes that they're evading or how much the activity that they were engaged in to begin with was right. illicit. You see what I'm saying?
0: I, I also, well, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I, you know, with your point about, I've never, I don't know anybody that's ever been arrested for tax evasion. Neither do I. And I think the, the cases that we see of people going to prison for, for tax evasion with, especially with like public figures, celebrities, whatever I think is, is to shine light on like, To scare you. To scare you, yeah. Like, if these people are going to get arrested for doing that, you better not do that shit.
1: Exactly. And they make it very public. Right. Right. And so I don't know how much of that is real. I don't know how much of that is consent-driven. I don't know how much of that is stupid shit that maybe somebody did, right? But I don't know anybody who went to jail for not paying their taxes. I also know that, like, a lot of it is interpretation. Mm -hmm. Is this a business expense? You know? Is my couch a write-off? You know, well, right. yeah, because a customer could come here and need a place to sit down, right? Is right. my TV right up? Well, yeah, because I could show them something. I could show them a picture of their roof on the TV. You see what I'm saying? Like, what is a right up? I think a lot of what taxes is and being good at that is being able to interpret different things and being able to justify something during an audit. I also think they audit people who don't know how to defend themselves. Sure. Right, and sure. these people consent to this process, right, right, it is theft. That's what I know, right? It's not legal for them to do that to me, right? It's not. I also know to stay in my lane. You see what I'm saying? I know that like, they're not worried about little Jeff who's out here taking care of his kids. Right. Right? That's not, they don't have the resources to invest in every little thing here and there. I know that I can't go put $10,000 in a bank account. Right. I'm not going to do that. I know that I can't go out and make a big stink over here. I know I can't make $300,000 a year cash and not raise red flags. Right. Right. So I live inside my means. Right. If I do need to move a substantial amount of money, there's ways to do that. But this requires energy. This requires patience. This requires sacrifice. Like, there's ways to do that Mm -hmm. intelligently. Right. Right. And so I would just suggest that if this is something that someone's in, and because the last thing I want to do, just like we specified at the beginning, like, don't go argue with a fucking cop, dude. That's not. What this is, you're gonna get locked up, right? Don't just say, you know, f you, I'm not paying my time here, right? Because I don't know how that's gonna turn out for you, and I don't want anybody's shit on me, right right? This is my journey. this is how I operate, and this could go really good for me and this could go really bad, right? I think that a lot of stories in this movement don't end that well, right, right? But I think a lot of those stories don't end that well because people get ahead of themselves, right or they get greedy or they get bold. Right. Right. I'm humble. I'm not greedy and I'm not bold, dude. I just want to take care of my shit. Right. And if that's your goal is to just take care of your shit. Right. There's ways to do this without raising any red flags. Right. Right. And even talking about this on a, on a, on a platform like this is, kind of against the rules I have set for myself. Right. Because sure. this is trying attention to me and my operation and what I'm doing. Right. I just think this is valuable information. And that's why like, I'm not going to give people a ton of advice on this. Right. If they reach out. This is like something that I can show you the roadmap and I can tell you like, this is how it works. Right. And this is what this is. And this is how this goes. And this is why it is. And this is when it happened. Right. But as far as like legal advice, I'm not giving anybody shit.
0: Right. Right.
1: I might be able to share like what I've learned on my journey to some extent, but I'm even careful about that because ultimately I've got kids to feed and I've got a partner that I'm trying to build a life with, you know, and I, uh, I got out of the system uh, as far as like a job, about three years ago when my grandpa got sick. I quit that job. I moved in. I took care of him, lost him. My grandma's health went down, right? Took care of her, got her healthy again now. But I've basically been a a, a caretaker, right? For the last three years. I take care of her. I take care of my kids. I I, I, I do some traveling, you know, but I'm not here like living this living this high life. You know what I mean? You know, and at some point I would love, but material shit doesn't really impress me. Like it's not really what I'm here for. You know, I would say I'm gonna have nice shit. I do have nice shit, and I will always have nice shit. Right? That doesn't mean I live in a tent either. Right? You know, sure. Um, But I'm not here to get rich. I'm here to be free. That is the ultimate currency for me. Is my sovereignty. I want to be able to operate and practice my spirituality and attain my growth the way that I deem fit, right? And I'm not going to have that dictated by anyone outside of myself. And that is my currency. And I think that as long as that is your intention and that is your motivation, you're going to be fine when you start to operate outside of that, right? And you start chasing this material shit or you start chasing status, right? That's when you're going to have problems, right? You stay humble and you stay in your lane. There's a way to do this if you learn your shit, right? You know, and that's, that's kind of where I live and that's where I'm going to stay. Now, again, when I get to a point where I can start writing promissory notes for everything and I can afford to have a a huge legal team, you know, and freaking really start to get this shit out there, then maybe that's something I do at that point. But right now, like, I can show you a construct, And I can show you how shit works and I can tell you the way I'm doing it. But outside of that, like, I can't really, I can't really help.
0: Right. No. And I think that's a smart um, way to look at it because I think a lot of people, and I'm just assuming here, a lot of people that have gotten into trouble for this topic, they start at point A and they get to point B and then they go straight to point Z. Right. You know what I mean? Because they feel that they're um, – I've, I've learned enough. I've learned enough. Let's let's jump it into hyperdrive and, and get to where I can have, you know, a big house, a Maserati, and all this shit that I never thought I could uh, uh, acquire on a, you know, a $40,000 a year salary. Well, I found access to this and this and this. And, this, and then you
1: get fucking busted. Right. Because yeah. – go ahead. I was going to say, just stating for the record, like, as far as, like, the tax subject – like I'm not breaking any laws, you know what mm-hmm. I mean i'm not I, I, I walk gray areas, right but i'm not I'm not doing anything illegal, and I would not encourage anyone else to do that unless they understand the risk that they're taking. You see what I'm saying? right Like learning the laws in your area about what is and isn't taxable right i'm also in a weird gray area because the irs likes to pretend that i don't exist they owe me like 30 grand right now the irs does uh when i was in in, in 2012 my identity was stolen shit why someone thought they wanted my identity is beyond me right because there was nothing there but somebody filed a tax return in my name i went to file taxes and they told me i had already filed right and someone had already claimed a return in my name Okay, so they gave me this thing that was like an ID number, right? That they were gonna mail me a pin each year that they were gonna mail me. And then I had to use that pin to file every year to prove that I was who I said I was, right? They never sent me a pin. Ever. Wow. And have not since then. So in 2018, I got involved with uh, a company called the the Taxpayers Advocate Service, right? Which is a company that helps you deal with the IRS. To get your taxes figured out because this is a a very common problem it took them 18 months to get a hold of me right and the company
0: or the irs the company okay
1: right it took them 18 months to get a hold of me and then it took me another 18 months or two years to get my taxes from the irs right but i got my 2013 taxes in 2018 okay they owe me a return from 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. And then after that, I haven't been able to file. I've tried, right? And I can't because they tell me that I need a PIN to file, a PIN that they have not sent me or any to any of my addresses that I've had registered. I sent everything to my grandparents' house since I was a kid. This has been my mailing address for ever. Nothing came here. I have my uh, physical address, Nothing came there. They can send me bills. They can send me child support stuff. They can send me all this stuff. So they know where I'm at, right? right. They don't send me the pin. If you get on the website, try to get a pin. The portal's down.
0: Okay? Every time, dude. Every, time. every I time. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: If, if you call and try to get somebody on the phone, they don't have the resources to be able to call you back. Right? My plan was to claim all this stimulus stuff and then get sovereign. Right. That was my plan because there was like 12 grand in stimulus that everybody got in 2020. Right. So I was going to claim all of that and then get out. Right. With my loot. That was the plan. And I didn't get any of that. They wouldn't give me any of it. Right. And so when the IRS wants my money, they know where I'm at. But when it's time to pay, I don't exist. And so, like, I'm in this weird gray area where, like, even if I wanted to pay taxes, right, or file taxes, I don't have the ability to do so. Several times I've filed, and it's been rejected, (laughs) right? So the only really option that I had was to just figure out how to survive outside of that system, which was a big part of what brought me here to begin with.
0: Wow. Wow, what a journey
1: again i'm not breaking any laws i just want to say this publicly (laughs) (laughs) right i feel like like i've exposed myself uh, enough but like i'm just doing what i have to do to survive and that's it you know and i would encourage people to do the same
0: i love it dude let's let's get it wrapped up here um i think my little man just woke up and my wife is signaling me for assistance um (laughs) Where can people uh, find you and and reach out to you?
1: I am hatterwillhappen on Instagram, hatter__will__happen. I have an Etsy called Hatter Can Help uh, that has, there's not much in it right now, but I kind of keep less common crystals and esoteric stuff um, in there. My podcast is called Tea with the Hatter. I will go ahead and tell everybody it's pretty out there. Right, So if any of the spiritual stuff Or esoteric stuff or occult stuff That got brought up briefly in this didn't resonate Probably don't check it out Um, (laughs) If it did If you're curious about that kind of stuff Then by all means give me a listen Second episode should be coming out sometime this week Um, Talk about a lot of conspiracy stuff A lot of spirituality A lot of hermeticism A lot of energy, frequency, programming um, Stuff like that Uh, So feel free to reach out if, uh, if you're into it. Um, again, this is not something that I'm really, I'm not a law school. You know, if there's brief questions, people want resources, I'm all for it. But like, this is kind of a journey that you got to go on, um, on your own. So again, Hatter underscore will underscore happen on Instagram. Hatter Can Help is the Etsy, and Tea with the Hatter is the podcast. I'm on uh, Apple and Spotify. So.
0: Hell yeah, man. I, well, I want to I wanna thank you for your time, uh, and it was great to talk to you. I, and I do want to have you back to actually talk about Shape of the Earth, realm, not a realm, hollow, flat, not a planet – um and we'll, we'll have that with with all three hosts um because i think that would be a fun conversation and i want to tell all the hooligans listening to this right now before you send this send this man a message about any of the stuff that we discuss here please at the very least uh read the document living in private um Matt hatter if you can maybe send that to us we'll link it again so if you've made it this far in the episode read that shit before you send them a message about, you know, affidavits and promissory notes and birth certificates. So we don't want anybody flooding your inbox with, you know, get, get rich quick scheme questions. So take your time and do some research. Um, but that is it for this episode of Whiskey Beer and Conspiracy Podcast. We will see you guys on the next one. Take care.